Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sal kind of back on the fan. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Talking about the Knicks loss to the Heat. 109-101 in Miami for game four of this series. Of course, the series will return back home to the Garden. The world's most famous on Wednesday night for game five. It's been a nice run here where we have had the Rangers. We've had the Knicks. When, you know, normally we don't get used to those deep postseason runs. Uh, and obviously, we had all the winter teams in it with the Knicks and Nets and the Rangers, Devils and Islanders, of course, all uh, participating in it. But it's been a nice little run, which has helped us turn our attention away from both disappointing baseball teams so far this year. And again, we'll do plenty on that throughout the course of the year, as we always talk about baseball. But once it's we're reacting to Rangers and to Knicks, that always takes precedent talking about those two teams after a postseason game, and it's just a nice change of pace as opposed to the same old thing, beating up the Rangers, uh, or, or, uh, excuse me, beating up the Mets uh, and Yankees after some tough losses and all that stuff. And it's a long season anyway. You know, we're just the beginning of May. Both these teams hovering around 500. The Yankees have certainly been better than the Mets. I don't care what the record says, just in general. The Yankees have been ravaged by injury, and they're still staying above water, although you look at it, the result being 10 games back is far worse because they're in the better division because the Rays just don't seem to lose. With the Mets, it's more because they are in some serious trouble, and there was some stuff today or yesterday now as we turn officially to this Tuesday morning, some stuff from the Post yesterday about Max Scherzer who's still dealing with and Scherzer's pitching today in a huge game for him. Forget about for the Mets. This is a big game for Scherzer. And forget about who they're playing. This is a big game for Scherzer because he was awful last time out. He's talking about how he's trying to pitch through the soreness still in his scapula or uh, shoulder blade, whatever it may be. So Scherzer trying to go through that. Look, if you're hurt, don't pitch. It's as simple as that. Because you being out there... Uh, not being effective is not helping anybody. So I love Scherzer and his toughness, competitiveness. If he's not 100%, don't go out there. It seems like he may not be 100%, but he's still well enough to pitch. And he just says he he knows how to manage through this, but he wants to avoid an IL stint. Look, bottom line is, without Scherzer dominating, without Verlander Scherzer atop that rotation, without Lindor and Alonzo hitting, the Mets are they're, they're, they're toast. I mean, there's just no way to overcome that. That's why there's hope for the Yankees. They get Judge back tonight ahead of the Rays series. Now, all of a sudden, the Yankees got Judge and Bader in that same lineup. Look out, the new Bash brothers. The A's, we expect the Yankees to sweep. But the big series is going to be where they try to make up some ground here where you would expect they need to take minimum three of four from the Rays and try to get back, you know, chop into that lead a little bit right now that's at, you know, 10 games uh, for the Rays over the Yankees in the AL East. Anyway, we get into the baseball. Whatever's on your mind about that is fine. But focusing Knicks and their loss and if the series is over or not, I actually don't think it's discouraged and 
disappointed as I have been with the Knicks in these last two games, games three and four in Miami. You know, game three, a complete no-show. Game four, just no hustle, especially during crunch time. And it is very uh, discouraging to watch that. However, I don't think Miami is that good, and I still think the Knicks could win this series. 877-337-6666. Nick is calling from Westchester. What's up, Nick? Hello. How are you? Good evening. How are you, Nick? I'm doing well. Thank you. you know, I've watched the Knicks throughout the year, and when they win games, you can typically go to the box score and see that they got a lot of second-chance offensive rebounds and they beat the other team on the defensive glass, and they shot well from three. And this comes down to Thibodeau. Granted, I don't have a problem with Miami beating us, but the way they're beating us, Thibodeau is an excellent prep coach. He's just not elite. Spolstra is elite. Their scouting is elite. They were not, if you listen to the timeouts, when they have them mic'd up, they're not going to let Brunson, Randall, and Barrett, who get all their points, pounding the ball into the box. There's three guys waiting for them. They don't spray the ball out to the three-point line quick enough. In Miami, one thing they are is quick. But I'm more talented, but they're quick. So they've taken how we score away and how we beat teams with massive offensive rebounding games that give us more touches and possessions. And those two things, more than anything, have killed us. Because if you look at talent, Sal, please, I go through this roster, Max Strauss, no, but okay, they're better Kobe coached. Zeller, you know, they, they are better. They, they're better coached, and they play harder. And Jimmy Butler's better than anybody the Knicks have. And I love Jalen Brunson. Yes. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's the best player on the floor, though. Absolutely, I agree a hundred percent. And even Kyle Lowry, like he's obviously not the player that he once was with Toronto, right? But, but he's still a proven vet, a guy who's got tremendous talent yes. as well. He was knocking down big shots for Miami uh, in Game Four as well. But you're right; these other guys, I mean. Come on now. Kevin Love and is washed up. He's been contributing. Vincent, here's my one trust tweak. Yeah. Here's my one, my, my one tweak. You, you can't keep doing the same thing. It's insanity. To beat the Heat, the way they're constructed and the way they match up against the Knicks, you have to play. Hopefully he's healthy. You need to play two point guards against that team. To move the ball, play Grimes. He was a point guard in high school and part in college. You got to play those three guys together as much as possible. I'd even put Randall at the five and play Josh Hart at the four. Yeah, here's you the problem, to, though. The ball has to move. Well, that's the ball does not move, especially when Julius Randall is on the floor. He is just looking to hog the ball and score his points and get to the rim or just knock down one of his threes, which I know he's been one of their most effective offensive players, but the ball does not move. The Knicks don't have right. ball movement. His, they also – so, like, think about this. You're already what? limited to begin with. Grimes, while well, he did hit a few three-pointers, finally – Last night, Grimes has been a non-factor offensively for the most part. That's a problem. Mitchell Robinson has zero offensive game. Where are the Knicks getting zero. offense from the bench? They're not. I mean, Josh Hart is a good player. He's not a good offensive player. Hartenstein, Toppin, these guys aren't good offense. and They're not contributing anything offensively. The Knicks have, like, two guys, maybe three if you count R.J. Barrett, where they could possibly get offense from. That's it. Yeah. No, I agree. We need a roster upgrade. And Julius Randle, look, you remember Dominique Wilkins, great player, 30 points a game, seven rebounds, one assist, uh, never won anything, never got out of the first round. Julius Randle's a very, very good player, but his game does not translate to playoff basketball. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Thank you, Nick. I think that's probably the best way to say it. Julius Randle's game does not translate well to playoff basketball. And he can get by in the regular season, but when things are turned up and the defense gets a little bit better in the postseason, 
And we saw it against Atlanta two years ago where he was washed out and the Knicks were wiped out because of it. I mean, Julius Randle was their team two years ago to get them to that fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. Julius Randle was that guy to carry the team on his back, basically, with very limited players around him. And then in the postseason, Atlanta shut him down. And the Knicks were toast because of it. And then you look at, you know, this year, where at least there are some weapons around him, you know, compared to two years ago, the Knicks are light years ahead of that when you talk about what Jalen Brunson can bring and even R.J. Barrett, although it may be on an inconsistent basis. But still, they're very limited offensively. You can't have, you know, Mitchell Robinson has to have some semblance of an offensive game, and he's got none. Quentin Grimes, he's got to be able to knock down threes consistently. Again, this is not the night to pick on him because he did hit three three three-pointers, which is huge. But they weren't having that. You know, that's part of the reason why the Knicks were able to keep it within distance. Grimes hitting a couple of big threes. RJ hitting some threes. You know, Brunson's got to be better. We talked about that. But anyway, the Knicks are too limited. They go to the bench. That's it. I mean, they got nothing on that bench. Obi Toppin is an embarrassment. Obi thinks he is a superstar and thinks, and look, I like him personally as far as he seems like a nice kid. And he can be electric in transition. But he's he thinks he's Steph Curry the way he shoots threes. And he just does not. He doesn't shoot threes well. So stop shooting them. He only played six minutes. Even Tibbs was like, all right, dude, I've seen enough of you. Thank you. I wouldn't have him out there at all, period. Where's the offense coming from, from the Knicks bench? You know, a big factor, we haven't talked about it tonight. And the reason why we haven't talked about it is because he wasn't playing well anyway. But a big factor is the loss of Emmanuel quickly because IQ was basically the sixth man of the year and he was an impactful player. You cannot have an impactful player, a guy who was, you know, should have, could have won the sixth man of the year award. You can't have him be a non-factor in the postseason, especially when your team is so thin to begin with. They need that offense. Any team needs offense off the bench. The Knicks in particular need that type of offense. They, Emmanuel quickly, you know, we could blame Julius Randle for the postseason two years ago in the loss to Atlanta. This year, the number one culprit has to be Emmanuel quickly because he's the guy who didn't. Now, now look, on this particular night, Mitchell Robinson gets the blame, a little bit of Jalen Brunson, obviously the bench, but Emmanuel quickly, with what he did in the regular season, the disparity from that to what he's done in the postseason is enormous. That's why he gets the bulk of the blame as far as I'm concerned. This particular series, you could talk about coaching in favor of Miami. You can talk about hustle, selfless play, all the above, all in favor of Miami. The want to, as Buck talks about, all in favor of Miami. And that's what's tough to take. It'd be one thing if you got beat. But to get out hustled, to get out worked, to get beat at your own game, the Knicks' strengths supposed to be defense and rebounding. We know it ain't offense. We know it ain't shooting. So what exactly is their strength? So for the Knicks to get beat at their own game, that is where you find it frustrating. And that's where it's kind of unacceptable, whether it's on the road or not. You can't get beat at your strengths by a team 
who isn't as good as you at those particular things. You want to talk about, like I said, the other things, the spacing on offense and having a rhythm on offense and the ball movement and selfless play. Sure, that's clearly Miami has an advantage over the Knicks when it comes to that. But the Knicks can't get out-rebounded. They can't get out-worked. They can't get out-hustled. They can't get to a point where you know they're not getting stops when you need to. Play some defense. And they haven't done any of that. So that's the issue here that you have in these last two games where the Knicks away from home have gotten beat at their own game. They've gotten progressively worse in this series as opposed to, hey, all right, they lose game one, bounce back in game two. Let's see now if they can make it a series. Is Miami really that much better than them? I don't think that Miami is. I don't think Miami is particularly good. But if you watch these two games in Miami, they were clearly the better team, better coach team, team that wanted it more. They're just playing at a different level than the Knicks. And that's what would make me worry about this Knicks team, although, like I said, I don't think the series is over, and I'm excited to see what they have in store for Game 5. I'd worry about the soft jaw that this Knicks team has, maybe the mentality, the weak mentality of this Knicks team to where you see them kind of get down on themselves. And look, maybe it's a playoff experience thing. Maybe it is a, you know, following the leaders thing with Brunson and Randall. And if they're not completely carrying the team and dominating, maybe everybody else puts too much pressure on themselves. Who the hell knows what's going on? I'm just not looking at a cohesive basketball team right now. And there are plenty of reasons for it. Like we said, Emmanuel quickly being out, you know, that hurts. But it's not like quickly was performing at a high level to begin with in these post in, in, in this postseason so far. As a matter of fact, he hasn't been. He's been bad in the postseason. The Knicks were able to eliminate the Cavs. I think it speaks to them. You know, there are more bad teams, it seems, in the postseason than we're used to. And maybe that's just the style of play in today's NBA. It used to be the postseason teams were the better teams. Now it's like, man, this is it. Cleveland, how are the the Cavs the four seed? And even Miami, they're not that good. They're all right, and they're right now playing better basketball than the Knicks. They're not unbeatable by any stretch of the imagination. Where are all the good teams? If they're not in the playoffs, where are they? How does a team like the Bucs get eliminated? You know, you could see one upset, four or five. But the Bucs to go down the way that they did, now you're seeing a a lesser team, even though they smoked them in five games, you're seeing a lesser team in Miami in the second round. And I guess that's why I feel like we haven't seen a good team yet when we're watching the Knicks. Not the Knicks, not the Cavs, and not really the Heat. Watch the Celtics. Maybe the Sixers. But I haven't seen it yet from watching the Knicks. Maybe you got to watch the Western Conference a little bit more with the Nuggets and Suns, or with the Warriors and Lakers. But as far as the Knicks go, I'm not seeing it. You can tell, as I said earlier, even with the Cavs series, you can tell that this Knicks team is just not that good. And unfortunately now, that not that good team is down three games to one and on the verge of being eliminated on their home floor. The Garden going to have another elimination game where they had it with the Rangers in game six, you know, a week and a half ago, whatever it was on uh, that Saturday night, 
Rangers were able to stave off elimination before losing on Monday in Game 7. Maybe the Knicks can stave off elimination. You don't want to see no celebration at the Garden if it's not taking place with the Knicks or Rangers. And maybe the Knicks can stave off elimination and get that series back to Miami for Game 6. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. We'll continue with your calls on the other side. Whatever it is that you want to discuss on this now Tuesday morning, Knicks losing to the Heat, going down three games to one, kind of taking the air uh, out of the city here to a certain extent where you, you, you think about you know the excitement that could have been if we had ourselves a real series here tied at two. But now it feels like it's over, foregone conclusion. Although it's not, it feels like that. Anyway, the Knicks will return home to a kind of deflated fan base uh, ahead of Wednesday's Game 5 and see if they can push this series to a Game 6 back down in Miami on Friday night. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Salah got it back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Gerard Gallant was fired over the weekend, no surprise. I mean, we talked about that on Thursday that I thought that that would be the case. Matter of fact, I probably talked about it after the Rangers lost, that that would be the case. Then we had Vince Mercagliano on on Thursday. We talked about it, and after listening to Vince and going over some of the issues that the Rangers had, I thought it was obvious that they needed to make a change. The question now becomes, who the hell are they going to go with? Quenville is out. Um, sounds like Sutter is out. You know, the Rangers ruling these guys out. So none of the big names, and even if they do bring in one of those type names, a retread guy, is it any better than Glenn? I mean, that's the issue. So maybe they bring up the guy from their own system here. Who knows? Just a, a terribly disappointing end to the Rangers season. And very frustrating and actually sad because I like Gallant a lot. And really, if it's anybody other than Mike Keenan or Mark Messier, I'm not going to be happy with it And until we see. And even Messier, I'm not saying he's the right guy for the job, but at least it would get me excited about it. And it's not going to be him, so there's no need to even go down that road. But, you know, just in typical Rangers garden fashion, they decide to make the change to, uh, on, um, what, 5 o'clock on Saturday night during a Nick playoff game, right before the Kentucky Derby, like, come on, that's when you're going to news dump that, that you're making a change with Gallant. It's just so, I don't like Chris Drury. I got to be honest, I don't like Chris Drury. I think he knows how to put together a team. Now, he did one good job, one bad job. This was a, a mistake, this year's team. Clearly not enough. Not enough toughness. But, and not enough balance, obviously. All that star power, Kane being a big issue, maybe a bad trade, even though they could, you know, they got him basically for nothing. And, you know, he wanted to force his way here, which made it uh, possible. It turned out to be a colossal 
failure. But I, I don't. I just don't like Drury. I don't know. I don't want to say he's a person because I don't know him as a person. Something about him rubs me the wrong way. I didn't like him as a player with the Rangers. And while he earned the respect of the fan base after putting together the team last year, I think this year is a big step back. And now there's going to be pressure on both him and whoever he does decide to, uh, you know, on to be the the head coach of this team. There's going to be question. There's going to be pressure on both those guys. No question. All right, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Harold is calling from Muncie. What's up, Harold? Harold. Harold, you there? Naftali is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Naftali? Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I want to bring up baseball for a minute. Evan Roberts on his show earlier today mentioned that he says that he may be suspecting the Tampa Bay Rays of cheating. He's noting that their record at home is 19-3. and three. Mm-hmm. So he said, as a Met fan, it's easier to say. I'm a Yankee fan, personally. So, but I asked myself, okay, fine. The Rays are cheating. But I, I think even if they were caught cheating... I don't think the I don't think that's the issue with the Yankees. Um, I wonder what your opinion on that is. Uh, I don't think that they're cheating. I think that that's a ridiculous accusation. I mean, I'm, I'm not just going to get into speculation because the team is off to a great start that they're cheating. So now everybody's that could uh, was Aaron Judge cheating because he had 62 home runs and nobody's ever done that cleanly before. Right, but everyone everyone on the Rays is hitting home runs. I mean, he brought up I'm forgetting he brought up specifics. Guys that have never touched the ball in their life. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I can't explain it, but I don't think. They, but but my point is that so now is everybody that's good or that much better than everybody else? Are they cheating? No, I'm not. I'm not arguing on that. All right. well, I don't. I mean, I don't know. How do I? First of all, Naftali, how, like Evan yeah. doesn't know he's speculating. There's no rumor right. or anything to this. He's totally speculating. So it's his opinion. But then anybody could say that it's conspiracy theorists too. Like it, it, that's the kind no, of. I, I agree. I understand. I don't believe that. I, I do not believe that they're cheating. But I mean, I, I admit to being naive at times. You know, uh-huh. I, I don't think yeah. it's. And and to your point, I don't think it's the Yankees' problem. The Yankees got to worry about themselves. And the Yankees I, had them beat. The Yankees had them yeah. beat up yeah. six nothing with Garrett Cole on the mound. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I appreciate the call. well, no, I appreciate you taking the time. I just don't know how to even respond to that. Like, I find it to be a ridiculous accusation. They're cheating. Uh, they hit a lot of home runs. All right. I mean, uh, I I don't know. So Aaron Judge is then Aaron Judge cheated last year by that account because Aaron Judge hit more home runs than anybody. Nobody's ever done that before in the American League. Nobody's ever done it cleanly. Period. So therefore, Aaron Judge must have been cheating last year. I will admit that when an individual does something like that, and we talked about this last year at the time, it does make you think for a second, like, hmm, something going on here. But obviously, we know that that's not the case. But with the Rays as a team, I mean, how are they cheating? I didn't hear Evan say that. I did hear about Evan saying that. I, I just, I, I don't really care, honestly. I don't really care what the Rays do. So they're 19-3 and three at home. What's their record on the road? They're 10-4. and four. So are they cheating on the road too? And they've obviously played way more games at home. Were they not cheating for the three games they lost? Like, how does this exact? How does this work exactly? Are the Orioles cheating, or is that just well? You know what? Because the Orioles are only—I mean, what? They're twenty-two and thirteen. Are they cheating because they're off to a good start? I just don't understand the logic now. Are, are the Texas Rangers cheating because they're off to a good start? 
Was Atlanta cheating last year? How many homers did the Braves hit? So was it just because of their home record that were that were you know coming to this conclusion because they're that good at home? Uh, I don't. Know. I can't get caught up. It's a waste of the time. Dave is in Comac. What's up, Dave? How are you, Sal? How are you, Dave? I was fine until the Islanders uh, ended their season in Game Six. Yeah, well, I mean, it happens, and for you, it happens quite I mean, often. Event, that's not really why I'm calling. I'm calling about that. I think that the Ledecky needs to fire Lambert, needs to fire Lamarillo, needs to rebuild the team, bring in uh, Daryl Sutter as the coach slash GM. Um. Well, I mean, because, I don't think that that's. That? I don't think that because that's going to happen. Sutter had two cups in. L.A. in 2012 and mm-hmm. 2014, and his brother played for the New York Islanders. Right. Well, I mean, look, uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, I don't. Uh, as we said before, the Rangers have a vacancy, and I don't think that they're going to go after Sutter. You like the retread? I bet guy? you they do. No. I bet you they. I mean, do. I thought it already came out that they're not going to. I think you're wrong. Well, it's not me. I'm going based off of reports. So where you get why? I you... think those reports okay. are. Don't mean anything. I okay. think that uh, it's possible that the Rangers could end up with Sutter because that's the best bet out of all the coaches that are out there. This guy has two cups as a coach. Yeah, I mean, look, and you'd rather have a proven than not. I mean, I'm just going based off of what we're hearing here, what the reports are. Quenville, apparently the Rangers aren't going to go down that road. Sutter, apparently not going down that road. Thanks for the call, Dave. Islanders aren't firing Lambert. They just hired him. I mean, uh, the guy I would love was your former guy, Trotz. It's so weird what goes on with these NHL coaches. Well, what, now two years they wear out their welcome? Glenn had, by all accounts, two successful years. And because of a bad trade uh, at the deadline with Patrick Kane and a team that, for whatever reason, folded like a cheap suit in the postseason after having a 2-0 lead, and he had two successful seasons, and, and now they're going to make him the scapegoat and bring in who exactly that's going to be better. Oh, if they brought in Sutter, I mean, I guess I could understand it, but even he gets fired from Calgary. So you're talking about the Cups that he won in Los Angeles. Just because you were a Stanley Cup winning head coach doesn't mean you're going to do it again elsewhere. I want Mike Keenan back. What's he doing these days? Dave is in Flatbush. What's up, Dave? How you doing, Sal? How are so, you, Dave? Good. I mean, based on the two callers ago, I kind of wish the Mets had been cheating the last few weeks. Yeah, really? Uh <laughs> But uh, or they're just not good enough for that. But um, at, at this point, I'm really the most optimistic Met fan usually. But it's hard to look at this roster and be optimistic. I mean, Max Scherzer is a shell of himself, mm-hmm. and it's been it's been a few starts. Um, and he's really, I mean, he finished two seasons ago when he wasn't on the Mets with dead arm. The end of the last season, the postseason, and in the, the stretch run, he really was not himself, and. He hasn't been pitching well, and we have guys like Canna in the lineup and guys guys that have no right being on a World Series-type uh, team um, as, as impact players. I mean, where do they look at this point? They didn't address hitting, right? They didn't address hitting in the offseason. They took the same lineup as they had, right. granted 101 wins. I mean... <laughs> Well, they, get, they, they, they need – this is not a, oh, well, let's go out and get this to fix this. This is a, hey, we got the guys here. They got to get the job done. I mean, it's as simple as that. So they can't go out and replace all these – you can't replace Max Scherzer. You need Max Scherzer to do what he was brought here 
to do. You can't replace Lindor. He's got to do what he was brought here to do. Lindor, Marte, Alonso, if those guys don't hit, if Scherzer and Verlander don't pitch, the Mets are done. You could fix the bullpen. You can maybe add an arm in the rotation. It's not going to be Scherzer or Verlander type level. Uh, look, let's give the Mets, I'm going to give them a break on the last several series. I'm going to give them a break over the weekend against Colorado. Let's see what they do starting tonight against Cincinnati with Max Scherzer now back from suspension. It's a second start. No excuses. Let's see what I mean, they Memorial, do now if they could stabilize here. Memorial Day is typically that that time when we start to get, I would say, start to get really worried or excited. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got, you, got, you got a few weeks for that. that that's the truth. But the, the concern is, is, that, is that these guys are not getting younger. And I think Verlander was fine for a first start to give up two runs in the first inning and then go through five innings. I, I have no problem He with looked that. nasty, too. Verlander but, looked good. Yeah, after the first inning, it was, right. it was totally right. – he was, he was clear. But, but at, at some point, players, players start to tail off. You know, at, at some players – at some point in, 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 in careers – you know that they don't pitch till they're fifty. It's not. It's not like Tom Brady in football who, who just never seemed to get old. Well, and we could and I, and we I, could see that with Scherzer potentially, Dave. And thank you for the call. And if that's the case, the Mets are in big trouble. They're built on Scherzer, Verlander atop that rotation. I want to see what you, I'm not making. Uh, th- this is the last start to me. I'm not making any decisions on Scherzer until I see him go out there tonight. I want to see what Max Scherzer does in a second start back. No, he, he, he's in rhythm here. No coming off the suspension excuse. No this, no that. He said he felt healthy. No sticky stuff excuse. I want to see what Max Scherzer does tonight against Cincinnati. Then I will assess on whether I think he's done or not. And you could say, well, how are you going to make that decision just based off of one start? It's not. It goes back to last year. Braves wild card. It's the entire start this year. There's always been an excuse for Scherzer. No more excuses. He got that first one and the awful one out of the way. If he gets lit up like that again tonight, they've got a big problem. Now, if he goes out there and gives you five, six innings, two, three runs, not good, but you take it. If he gets hit hard, they're in big trouble. But they won't be able to overcome not having Scherzer or not having Lindor, Alonzo, or Marte at the top of their games. Omar is calling from Brooklyn. Good morning, Omar. Good morning, you? Your team stinks. Yeah, I don't think it stinks. They gave a very little effort, and I think uh, people can say whatever that offensive rebounds. Uh, the reason is Thibodeau uh, uh, goes uh, with seven or eight man rotation. He didn't go uh, worse on the pitch in the fourth quarter because it's a physical series, and they were uh, uh, they were a little bit faster to the ball, and f- physically. Uh, you can say that uh, Knicks were still physical enough that they went to the line more than the Miami Heat. But you cannot play this series when the two physical teams are uh, uh, going at each other and you have to play with the refs. Last quarter, fourth quarter I'm talking about, I can give you, and I have seen it reversely, the sixth foul on Julius Randle, is the most terrible call after the Scotty Pippen call in 1993. <laughs> that is the insane, insane.
insane goal. Yeah, now, could he, could he challenge that? I don't understand because watch he it. couldn't challenge it because he used the challenge uh, in the third quarter and won. That's why he couldn't challenge right. it. Right. Oh, then, yeah, that's right. Now I remember that. Then, yeah. then a loose ball foul on uh, the Toronto Raptors point guard. What's his name? Lowry. Lowry. Yeah. Lowry. That was his fifth foul. That was, he was on the offensive position. I reversed it. I checked it. Where when he was complaining to the referee that the way he was caught, he was in the position and Carlalu just fell down and they gave a, a, a loose ball foul and then two free throws. There is six or seven possession in the fourth quarter. George Hart, fifth foul. He didn't touch at all when he starts running uh, that he doesn't get a technical. That was, he didn't touch anybody. He just, the guy just lost the ball. That was a foul. Then a blocking foul on Brunson. That's a terrible call when he starts running towards Thibodeau. These are four or five fouls happened in fourth quarter in last six minutes. You cannot play with the refs too when you are a close five points in game and all the calls are going towards in the fourth quarter towards the Miami Heat. Yeah, but well, Mitchell Rob- I- your, your boy Mitchell Robinson didn't do bleep last night. He was an embarrassment. The Knicks couldn't make a stop. There was nobody inside defending the rim. They got to the paint way too easy, uh, be able to get easy buckets for Miami. The Knicks were not hustling on the boards as well. Long rebounds, all that stuff went in favor of Miami. So, yes, I'm not saying that the officiating was great, but come on, Omar, you know better. The Knicks got their rear ends kicked in games three and four. Game three, I can say. I, I cannot say. I, I am very – listen, I was very down on game three, the way they got out-settled, and they said they beat them in the physically the way at, and I thought the series is over in five. But after watching Whoa, tonight – Whoa, you still uh, think the series is over in five or what? No, I thought that the Miami Heat series will win in five. And now I'm saying that uh, after watching tonight – Knicks are winning game five no matter what. So we will see what happens in game six. Knicks are winning game five now. I like it. Guarantee. Game five in. Knicks. Oh, no more guarantee. Are you going to be in the building? I had to go to win it. <laughs> Probably I'll go. <laughs> Come on, Omar. I expect to see you there. Let's go. Are you going to be Man, in the building? I, I spent almost uh, six grand already <laughs> this playoffs. Well, tell, tell your sons, you know what? This one's for daddy. You guys can sit this one out <laughs> and watch on. We are waiting for the Eastern Conference final NBA Finals. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Keep waiting. It might be another 30 years before that's the case. No, no, it's happening. Even we, I'm not even saying that we lose the series. I think. All right, let me ask five. you something. Uh, let yeah. me ask you. Something. This is going to be uh, your official invite. You're guaranteeing the Knicks win Game Five Wednesday at the Garden. Yes, they are winning. Game so five. if that happens, Game Six, I'm going to try to go out to a bar in Manhattan and watch the game with some callers, listeners, friends, whatever. Are you coming to that or what? Game six on Friday night with yeah. the bar. <laughs> hey, game six Friday night. We'll do a bar right around the garden, maybe stout. I don't know, something like that. Are you going to be in for that or what? Well, I, I'll come in. Let's hope for the game five win. And oh, you want to Now we're hoping you just guaranteed no, no, victory. I'm guaranteeing a win, but uh, it has to happen uh, practically. Then we can uh, go uh, to a party. Uh, All right. So if, if they win, like you guarantee they will, I'm going to see you at the bar on Friday night for the game. We're yeah, going to watch we'll it together. Yes, we will talk about this. All right, Omar. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Omar. Omar, a sedated a subdued Omar in Brooklyn, although he did guarantee a win.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sal kind of back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Much like Omar in Brooklyn, I actually uh, agree with him. I do think the Knicks are going to win Game 5. What happens beyond that? Who the hell knows? But I do think the Knicks are going to win Game Five. They can't. They're not going out like that. Not to Miami. Same way I felt about the Rangers in Game Six. I really do believe the Knicks are going to win this Game Five and send it back to a Game Six Friday night in Miami and at least give us you know one more game. Now again, down there, all bets are off. For this one, I feel like the Knicks are going to get up off the mat here. It looks bleak. It feels bad right now. Uh, nothing encouraging from these last two games. But it could change quickly and make it look like a totally different team, especially playing at home in front of the Nick fan faithful. Mickey the Gravedigger calling from the Bronx. What's Yo, up, Mickey? Oh, my man. What is up? How are you, Mickey? Don't dig that I'm, Nick's grave just yet. I ain't digging that Nick's grave yet. I told you. I told you what I did with the uh with the Ranger what I did with the Ranger flag. What's that? So I had uh, so I on uh, my backhaul right. Um, so I have, I have a front loader right. So it has like a like a like a bulldozer on the front, and then it has like a, a digger in the back mm-hmm. right. So what I did was I was digging a grave, and then I dug that cause with all the water, and I had my ranger flag like you know I have like a, a, a an American flag that you know you put on like the window yeah, and sure, ranger, sure. and I had a ranger flag. Took the Ranger flag and I just buried it five feet deeper and I threw it in the hole and I buried the freaking <laughs> Ranger flag after they lost. And then all I said to myself after I left, imagine that guy was a diehard Devil fan and he's buried with a Ranger flag. <laughs> yeah, that's not nice, Mickey. Now that I think about it, hey, real quick before you get to your your next point, you ever think about like uh, you know who's going to dig your grave? I, I'm not going in the grave. I'm going in the ocean. Oh, there you go. So you haven't really. So you have thought about it. Nobody's going to do it. No, I'm going in the. Uh, so what I thought is is that um, my families have owned the beach house in Long Beach Island since 1963. My grandparents bought it down there for thirty two hundred dollars. It's, it's on the bay. Wow. It's worth uh, one million dollars now. This is in Jersey. And, yeah, it's yeah, all the way in Long Beach Island. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like the Hamptons of. Uh, yeah, Island, yeah, Jersey. I've been there once. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So I live, so I got like, you know, I got a boat in the back and stuff and everything. I go fishing. I'm a big fisherman. Me and Greg talk all the time about fishermen. I'm fisherman. Oh, you and Gio? Yeah, me and Gio are tight. Does Gio, you mean like on, on the air or like in real life? No, on uh, Instagram. Oh, does he know that you're a grave digger? No. 
Oh, dude, come on. You got to call him up and tell him that you don't call him up in the morning because you're probably like digging graves and stuff. No, right? because, you know, I'm actually leaving my grave digger. I just got hired by, um, so New York City uh, just uh, made a new group. It's an affiliation of the FDNY. It's called uh, New York City EMTs. Mm. And I just got hired by that. I'm going to be oh, wow. in the EMT right now. Congratulations. But I got to be honest, I like you as Mickey the Gravedigger. Can we just still call you that? Yeah, I, I'll still be working there um, part-time. Okay, cool. All right, so what's on your For mind? Extra money. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, so oh, also, Sal, um, uh, I was thinking about going to the game. Uh, if not, uh, I would like to meet up in the city beforehand. On when? Wednesday? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to be meeting up uh, beforehand, but if you go to the game, I can meet Yeah, I'll be in Section 227, so you can come say hello if you go to the game. I don't know how I would potentially meet how up. How cheap are the tickets are getting? Uh, I mean, you're probably still looking at, you know, probably you could get in for maybe around 350 I would say maybe. Oh, uh, hell no. Hell yeah. no. Hell no. You have to dig a, a bunch of graves for that, I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, and also, um, well, look. Here's uh, what you do: if there's a game six, I am going to be in the city, and we are planning on having some sort of a watch party. I just don't know exactly where yet, uh, but that will be. I'll, I'll uh, disclose that on the air. Yeah, one. like, and if you talk to, um, um, if you talk to uh, Craig and talk to uh, um, uh, Jerry and talk mm-hmm. to Eddie and tell them what I gave uh, them, um, I can give to you. Okay. So um, if can I um can, can I, I give, guess? Yeah, uh, uh, no, I can't tell them all. Oh. I can't oh. tell. I Is it an urn? No, it's, oh. it's it's better than that. It's oh, a, okay. It's, a, it's just a, with par- it has to do with parking and with oh. you'll never have to worry about parking ever again. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I'll, so then I'll meet I'll meet you up. Where are we meeting? I'll make a point. No, Screw Steve and Howard uh, Beach. I'm meeting you up, Mickey. All right, I can meet you. Want to meet me in like the Heights uh, one day? Oh no, I thought you meant at the in the city at the Garden. No, I can meet you at the Heights, or like, what about at the radio station? Uh, well, I don't know. What about like, uh, like, what about like, um, are you going to the live show? Uh, what live show? Boomer and Geo. Uh, no, they have another one coming up. Are they going to down the shore one? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I, hey, here's what we'll do, Mickey. If you can't make the Game Six watch party, hold on. Yeah, I can hold on. Can you get me off air? Yeah, take yeah, yeah. my number down, and yeah. I can mail it. To you? Uh, we, we'll do. We'll we'll do. Uh, before when you're done with your next point, I'll have, I'll put you on hold and have Manny get your information. Okay. Yeah, and then you contact me, and then like, dude, I'm not a creep. I ain't gonna call you. I ain't gonna blow you up. Like, I ain't well, gonna I'm not gonna. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna give you my cell phone number. Matter of fact, I'm gonna put you on hold now, Mickey the Grave Digger. Go ahead, man. You can get his info now because we've uh, we, we went over a lot of uh, stuff there. Uh, with Mickey, and I want to get uh, another call in here before we go to the top. But yeah, hooking me up with some parking special, whatever it may be. It sounds pretty good to me. But anyway, if you do want to come hang, if there is a game six, we're gonna we're gonna get it from uh, you know we're gonna try to figure out a spot to to watch um, you know that night. Hector is calling from Washington Heights. What's up, Hector? What's going on? Uh, real quick, you know, if you need anybody in the heist to get anything for you, I'm your man. So. That is a good point. And maybe we have Mickey relay to Hector. Hector could relay yeah, it to me. You can trust me, and you definitely know you'll see me on Wednesday. I'm Saturday. Let me ask you something. Can I be given, like, off the air? Should I give it the gravedigger my address? I don't know. That's a little, you know what I mean? Whoa. Listen, I don't know. That's up to you. Yeah. But what would your advice that's- be on that? I don't know, so I mean, you gave me your address. How did you decide to do that? Yeah, but you're not a grave digger. I mean, whatever. I needed you to pick me up and drive me somewhere. Hey, are you going to the game? Are you going to the game Wednesday night? That's just his job, man. Oh, heck no. I mean, listen, no. You know my situation right now. That's the last thing I can do is go to the game right now. But 
I'll tell you this. I got an advice for anybody that's looking for tickets to the game. Always, always go directly to the garden and see what you can find. You'll be surprised, and you'll save yourself on fees. Before you go to Ticketmaster, before you go to Starbucks and all that good stuff, always, always go there. What, just to the window? Yes. Yeah, I know. And you save the fees there? Absolutely. Well, if I knew that, I would have been buying these tickets. Uh, I, I just, I mean, I might as well take the subway to go to the... Sometimes, for as much as you know, you surprise me with it. You don't know, brother. Well, I, I thought that that's the case. But also, sometimes it's easier just to get it right then and there on the phone. But these oh, fees are ridiculous. Oh, they're, sometimes they're 100 bucks yeah. a, t- a ticket. Exactly. And hey, are you I'm coming? If there's game six, are you going to come to the watch party? If I don't come to the watch party, there is no watch Correct. Party. I'm just mad. That's right, oh, Hector. Plus, that's right. Plus, I, listen, so I'm not sharing your optimism. Listen, they can get hot and win a couple of games and maybe win three games. I hope so. I'm a fan. But when Omar said he was coming, come on, man. You got, got to go meet the legend. Almost a legend. I definitely, I'm looking forward to that. That would be but some man, crew. Don't. Me, you, I think Doug is going to be in. Omar, Doug ooh. better be in. Yeah. <laughs> you kidding me? Doug better be in. I know he's probably listening. Doug. I mean, listen, we talked to Doug. Don't worry about it. Marco, are you going to come now, to the watch party? For, oh, you got to work Friday night. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, well, Marco's uh, working. Mark, Mark, listen, I, I like Marco. That would be great. And Marco has made some great points on, on this series and even earlier tonight, man. So that would be fun. Too bad Marco got to work. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, what, Sal. Yes. I don't know, man. Listen, before the series, I told you I was worried about Spo, And you told me, no, don't worry. Ted is right up there with him. Now, I heard you say earlier today, we've been outcoached. We've been outcoached. We've been outplayed. Their best player is better than our best player. Um, their role players are better than our role players. Like, that. that's really it. Like, people can complain about refs, complain about this. We just, they're the better team. They really are to me. Now, again, we can get hot, maybe beat them three games. I want to be there with you. I just don't see the path to, to, to do that. And, I mean, I guess frustrated with just people say, well, what do you want him to do? Do anything, guy. You even have someone there that if he could, if, if there's anything that he can do, and you guys have mentioned him, Evan Fournier, and to not even try to put him in the game. Think about like, how put, bad. What Think... if you put Fournier in the game? But, Sal, what if you put him in the game, and he goes hot? And here's your four or five. Three. Right. I'm just saying, hey, think just, about how right. bad it's gotten, Hector, for the Knicks and their fans when we're clamoring for yes. Evan Fournier. Yeah. yeah. It's true. It's true. And listen, so I, and, I, and I don't really want to talk about this too much. And I know Randall's going to get most of the blame. And I've been a Randall guy, but I can't defend him. I really can't defend him. But I also think, man, listen, if this team really had someone that could actually knock down a three, one or two guys, it may look different. And I've, I've never been a high on Mitch, Mitchell Robinson. And I wonder if that's the move. Try to trade, I don't know if you can say high on Mitch, and see if maybe with trading Mitch you can get some shooters and get another center in here. That can do a little bit of what Mitch does, but also provide something offensively. Well, I don't know how Mitchell Robinson doesn't walk on the court and give you ten and ten every. Single how game. nice would it be? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's an interesting point, Hector. And as always, thank you for the call. Uh, how nice would it be to have a? You know, I just saw a commercial. And I got distracted. Did you see that commercial, Marco, for TNT? Uh, well, I saw Hulk Hogan and what now? Gawker. Remember the Hulk Hogan versus Gawker thing? 
Oh, yeah. Years ago? Yeah, 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 yeah. They, so this TNT is doing like this kind of sports documentary show where they dive into those type things. Huh. I saw Dennis Rodman on there. That looks good. I don't know what the name. That's did you catch guy, the name huh? of the show? No, I just saw Hulk Hogan. Well, the Hogan. I figured that's why you were getting distracted yeah. when I looked up. I'm like, ah, la, 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 la. Uh, anyway, how nice would it be to have a center with some offensive game? I'm not asking a, you know for the big fella like Patrick Ewing out there, but my goodness, can you have somebody... That could do something with the ball, especially in today's game where it's all about the big man stretching the floor, right? Look, that'd be nice, and that's great. How about you do what you're actually supposed to do and get back and be a defensive yeah, presence? Because, you know, Mitchell Robinson, you kind of hit it earlier tonight. We were talking about the guy that wants the offense to go through him a little bit more. I'm not just here to do cardio. <laughs> right. Well, you know what, Mitch? You might want to do a little bit more cardio and not lag behind and not be the guy that's falling behind and not protecting the paint. And guys are getting inside in, uh, the heat left and right, and getting easy buckets because you're not there to protect the but rim. But here's the bigger problem, Marco. I'm fine. You're right. Like, if Mitch does his job, if you were to tell me he's going to be a rim protector right. and rebound, right. I'm fine with that. With the team that's built with shooters around it. Like Agreed. You, you can't have limitations. You can't have a center with zero offensive game and then other guys who are completely limited offensively. Like, what is Grimes at this point? RJ, we know, is inconsistent. Randall's got his issues. And that's just the starting five. And without quickly, and obviously quickly he's hurt, but even when he was healthy, he wasn't doing anything. They, I mean, they, what do they've got? On the bench, they've got nothing. No, again, look, quickly is the only guy that's supposed to be the instant offense and be able to knock down the three mm. and give them points off the bench and be able to extend everything. And he just hasn't played well, and obviously didn't play at all in this one, but he hasn't been good in the playoffs at all. So when you lose that shooting, that's a problem. Obi Toppin's supposed to be a guy that's a knockdown three-pointer. Guess what? He He's stays. not. He, he just can't He's shoot He's just the not. He's supposed to be their big to stretch the floor. Look, he can not. hit a, a few threes, but if you're asking him to be consistent, he's not. And here's how I know that he's not a good shooter, and it's similar to RJ. When they miss, yeah. like especially Obi, yeah. when he misses... Yeah. Dude, it's airball city. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. That's like me. Yeah, I could bang a three occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. If I shoot ten threes, I'll get one to go. But the other nine might not touch iron. That's the thing. And then you wind up, you, you hit the back iron on the other side, a br- just a total brick. He's not a shooter. <laughs> right. He's not a shooter. Now, R.J. Barrett is not a shooter either, but he's a slasher, and he can get to the rim. Toppin could get to the rim in the fast-break situation. They got too many guys that are all the same thing where they have to be able to slash and get to the rim to be able to get their offense going. That's fine in and of itself, but not when your entire team is constructed that way. They have nobody in this day and age to be able to knock down a three, and that's a problem. Because as much as we talk about it and we're like, you know, this team reminds you of like the 90s Knicks and the grit, and you and I love those teams with all our heart and soul, but guess what? The game's changed. As much as you want to say it, you take the 90s Knicks and put them in today's game, they're going to get whipped because you can't play that kind of defense and they can't knock down a shot. Now, they will, I mean, they would physically assault you on the floor, but but they'd get beat. They can't, mathematically, they wouldn't be able to keep up because you're going to knock down three threes and they're not going to get shots on the other end. They didn't shoot that well. I would and love that was to an see Achilles that. Heel. I would love to see that. No, no, they well, you get the ball. Play those rules though. They get the ball down low to the big fella. You got to play those rules though. What rules? You, you, you got to play the '90s rules. You can't play today's rules. You play today's rules. The next, the well, '90s. Talking about pre-hand check or post-hand well, check? That's what I'm saying. You're going to have to give the hand check. You're also not going to be allowed to play zone defense. Like, there's a lot of rules that have changed to be able to help out. If you play zone defense on the old Knicks, it's over. Yeah, I know, because they have nobody to... You get nobody to shoot. You're going to have two guys on Patrick Ewing, and right. it's easy. You go download to Ewing, easy. he's got to kick it out. Right, and kick it out have what? a hot night or not. Nah, you're it, done. You're yeah. done. Hubert <laughs> Davis.
is done. There's again that team had some some Achilles heels, which was being able to make some shots, but they made up for it in toughness. Wasn't it and nice defense. though to know what they were doing? Like kick it down low to Ewing, run through him. He could kick it out to Harper, Starks, whoever hoped to hit the open three. Right. Oakley from the elbow with the jumper. Like oh, man, it was just such a simple thing back then. And now it's like, it, with with the Knicks in particular, you know, the other teams even watching a little bit of Lakers-Warriors, there's a reason why they pass the ball around the perimeter, find the open man. Because those guys who shoot the open shot, knock it down. Well, Imagine Clay and Steph Curry. I mean, I know they're two of the all-time greats, no, but, but still. still. And, and I think this is part of it. Look, and I get caught up in this, too. I think we all do. We watch the Knicks on a nightly basis, and you watch other teams by watching the Knicks, and you see other games here and there. And yeah. It's not like you're not keeping up all on right. the league, but you watch mostly the Knicks, and you see them play other teams. In the playoffs, do yourself a favor. Watch the Lakers and the Warriors. Watch the Nuggets in the Sun. Watch some of the other teams that are still involved in the playoffs, and I think you'll come to the realization Man, this nickname is just not as good as Correct. I thought it was. It just really isn't. They don't have all the ingredients necessary to make a playoff run where you're playing up against the big boys. Much as we thought going in, and they did. They match up with the Heat. They do. But the Heat have guys that are playoff tested and playoff ready and can do the things when it comes down to it that you need to do to win ball games late. Knicks don't have They're any of that. good compared to the... Old Knicks, team, not old Knicks, right. the, the recent Knicks teams that right. we were watching, the 17-win, right. 20-win, you know, worthless Knicks teams. By the way, I don't know if you're smelling this or not, but I am all night long. Have you got a whiff of this? What is that? What, oh, wow. That's a Samoa. Yeah, that's the Samoa. The I forgot the name of it. I'm assuming it's Craigie. He must I have left. So. And now he must have also eaten the entire thing. There are two Samoa cookies left right here in between where Marco and I are sitting. And this is Craig's seed, of course. And I smell it. Like, I don't know if it's on the microphone that I'm I don't smelling smell it from. Yeah, I think it might be on the mic. Oh, my God, but it's so tempting. Now, I can't eat that. And first of all, I'm not eating it because it's crap. Uh, yeah. You can't eat one cookie? That's been sitting out here. Like, it's not even covered. Who knows how much spit went into that thing? You know, crap right, so you're doing. What because you think it's disgusting, not because you can't eat one cookie. Well, I also don't want to eat that during the week. I just came off a bad weekend. I had some pizza yesterday. Oh, no. You know, game. <laughs> <laughs> had some drinks on Saturday at oh, that oof. party. You know, I know. It's, oh, man. It was a rough one. But, dude, How I'll do you tell live you. with yourself? I know. Well, I'm trying to get in shape, Marco. Trying Though, to get in shape. Now, are these your favorite Girl Scout cookies? Uh, You know what? I think I like the tag-alongs better. Ooh. Those are the peanut butter ones. Is it Girl Scout cookie season? I'll be fair. I don't remember the last time I had a Girl Scout Me cookie. Me neither, but I love them. I uh, know they're awesome, and I remember. Look at you, I, I'm spitting Samoa? out the names left and right. Samoa's tag alongs. There was something the, I didn't like the Thin Mints. Oh See, man, I'm not I a big love thin the mint. Thin Mints. Not a big, and I know they got new ones now. New Thin Mints? No, no, no. New Girl oh. Scout cookies. They're like different flavors that I don't know about. I'm going back. You know, when we were younger. Dosey Dos. Which one? I don't are know those? what those are. I like the plain ones too. I'm all for a good Girl Scout cookie. I think there's new ones that are probably even maybe necessarily better than some of Why these. Why is it going to be like a once a year thing? I want them now. I don't know, but apparently because no one likes me, I don't know anybody that came to me with Girl Scout cookie stuff. So I haven't bought any. Because I don't know anybody. I want to buy some Girl Scout cookies. So, like, if I want to do that right now, I can't even do it. I would like to go to, like, you know, Stop and Shop or Whole Foods. Well, I guess it wouldn't be at Whole Foods. But you know what I mean? Like, on the way home, go pick up some. They're not, like, on the shelf, right? No, like, don't you, you can't to, like, get it. Yeah. Although I think that, that, I don't know if it's friendly, somebody made an ice cream with these Samoa cookies in it. Huh. And it's delicious. It was delicious. Well, I haven't had it, it in years, but. That was when I was uh, living single in the city on my own. I was just going, whoa, what's this? Samoa ice cream? Yes, sir. Sign me up. I just eat the whole thing. It was great. Those are the good old days. Not that I couldn't do that now being married, of course, because married life is also How do you great. live with yourself? 
Uh, eight, ten. But anyway, I just wish we could get like right now. I want I want to order one of everything, please. What are they like? Five bucks a box? Maybe I don't more? know. I don't remember the last time mm-hmm. I had it. Anyway, it smells so good. Damn you, Craigie! Take your cookies out of here when you leave. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.